Hello, men. Welcome back to the Gritty Men Podcast. I am your host, John Riggs, and we are a community of God's men living God's way for God's glory. I'm so glad that you have taken time to spend a little of your day with us here today. Um, as you know, um, those of you that have been watching for any length of time at all, we are here to um, inspire, equip, and encourage men to live God's way um, for God's glory. And so that's really what we're all about here. And there are three primary things that we are trying to implement as far as discipline in the lives of us as God's men. And number one is the spiritual discipline of our lives. In other words, we do that through uh, studying and reading the scriptures and also through uh, scripture memorization, which we're doing every single week. Um, another thing that we're trying to focus on this year of 2023 is our physical discipline. And so I just want to touch base with you guys. I know that I haven't really started any uh, commitments on workout or exercise or whatever you might be doing, but just to give you a little update on what I do, um, I, I, I know that my uh, spiritual discipline is extremely important in my life, as well as my physical disciplines as well. So I, um, I try to make it to the gym four to five days at least a week and uh, make sure that I keep my body in, in good shape. Um, and then also I really enjoy... Um, rucking and uh, was introduced this year by a good friend of mine actually a couple friends of mine um, who uh, began talking to me about this whole rucking thing and so um, rucking is simply um, weighted hiking if you will and sometimes I run as well but um, basically what I do is I just use my hunting pack um, and I'm in preparation obviously for the fall hunts this year uh, making sure that my body's in tip-top shape so that I'm able to achieve the goals that I set for myself um, in the fall seasons of all the hunting that I'll be doing but um, primarily you just put weights in your pack whatever you want to put in there you can put weights you can just pack it with normal gear that you might use for a, a backcountry hunt um, and you can do whatever weight works for you. I mean, you may go as high as uh, 45, 50 pounds. You may go as light as 25 or so, or maybe even lighter, depending on your, your health um, restrictions. And so um, there's some weeks that I might ruck as much as 40 miles in a week. Uh, other weeks, I may only get uh, 20 or 10 or 15. It just depends on the week. Unfortunately, sometimes our times uh, is busier than others, and we're able to get more in. But just get out and move. And the great thing about rucking that I have learned is that weighted resistance. And so I try to do at least 10 miles every time I ruck. And so what's fascinating to me is just the, the level of difficulty increases over the miles and the weight and the strain and the resistance on your body. And so it's incredible for a full body workout. So the guys that I go with, we like to do different things, but there's areas that we go that are along rivers. And so they're sandy and they're difficult and they're challenging. Other times we might go to um, elevated areas that require a very strenuous, hard, resistant uphill climb the entire uh, ascent of some particular um, mountain, and I say mountain lightly because where we are here, obviously, uh, in Texas, I don't really have any mountains here in my location, but I can go to Oklahoma, and they have uh, the mountains there, which are, you know, they're not huge, not a Colorado mountain like where I grew up in the state of Colorado, but nonetheless, they're good for our cardiovascular and for body health. So discipline, guys, keep that discipline going in your life. We need to start some of these things. I know to get you on board and let's work together at maintaining not only our spiritual discipline, our physical discipline, and then the other one, which is just as important, is going to be our mental discipline. Because our minds really um, are not that disciplined in this day and time. 
In fact, um, not only that, physically and spiritually, we find that those are true as well. They're very um, lots of men that don't have disciplines in these areas. And so these are three primary key areas that we're going to work on. And today we're actually going to discuss on this podcast the discipline of the mind and the need for us to have sharp, um, ready to, to go, uh, able to discern, able to look at a topic or a circumstance or a problem and have critical thinking because our minds are clear and not restricted uh, in any way, shape, form, and fashion from other things, that we're able to make a good prognosis and decision based on the information that we're given. And also, we know that we're God's men, so we have a biblical worldview in relation to how we view uh, through this life, the lens of our um, of our decisions we make and the way that we think and process information is based on God's Word. And so that's all an element of how we use our minds. But we know that we are um, in this time uh, deluged, really, with all kinds of information, and most of it or much of it is not godly um, in its content or in its um, purpose in our lives. And so we as God's men, if we're going to live God's way for God's glory, the way in which we use our minds and how we shore up our minds and prepare our minds is critical to our application of living out what it means to be a God a God man. And we got to have gritty minds. <laughs> so grit really has to do with everything in the life of a, God, of a godly man. And so let's let's just just jump into this. Um, we're going to have a memory verse today, also that we're going to study as as men. Just these are our spiritual disciplines, and we're going to be looking at Romans twelve two. That's going to be your your study verse for the week. And this is what it says: Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That is our Bible verse that we're going to study for this week to have memorized by next week. And so every week we're creating this discipline of memory uh, of Scripture to hide it away in our mind, to be able to be used at the right time. And it's important because it also applies to what we're going to discuss today. Um, Proverbs uh, 23 verse 7 um, says, For as a man thinks, so he is. Now what do you guys think about that? Uh, Obviously we see this as as a true statement. And um, we have to learn to train our minds because as we think, so we are. And that has to do with everything uh, in relation to whether we set goals in our life, what we think about God, uh, what we think about marriage, what we think about family, what we think about integrity and character and, and our work and where we find fulfillment. Our mind has everything to do with how we live that out in our everyday life. And so, for as a man thinks, so he is. And that's a very true statement, and we see that um, not only present in our own life every single day, but we see the, the effects that it has on our lives and the lives of those that we have been given by God uh, to, um, to have a part of our influence and, 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 and set under our influence. And so, um, let's just look at what the Bible teaches. We're going to look at three primary scriptures today. And I'll try to keep track of our time a little bit. I know this will probably, I try to keep this at about an hour. Um, That's probably too long for me, um, but I'm told that the hour podcast works well for people if you're driving or if you're uh, studying or whatever it might be. You just enjoy to sit down and consume some of this. So anyway, um, by the way, I do love coffee. I do drink a lot of coffee, but uh, I've learned to really appreciate it over the years, but um, I want to just draw your attention to First uh, Peter one thirteen, and I'm going to read uh, this out of the King James Version. It says, um, "Therefore, gird up your 
Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So we, we look at this word gird up. Gird up the loins of your mind. It's kind of a, a cool um, translation when we look at what these Greek words mean. And I want you to think about what Peter is getting at here in relation to our minds, men. We, we, these are very important truths um, that we, we must hold to. Number one, we're going to look at three things in this particular scripture. Number one is the posture of our mind. Number two will be the purification of our minds. And number three will be the power and usefulness of our minds. And that's exactly what we're seeing in Proverbs 23, 7. I mean, we're seeing the fact that as a man thinks, there is power to our thinking, and it can lead to so many things in our life. And so we want to have the discipline of our minds um, apprehended. We want to be able to control our minds, to renew our minds, and understand the power of the way in which we think and how it, in, how it uh, reflects in the way we live our life. So this word gird up really means to have minds that are prepared. It's like in the old te- or in the, even even in the new testament times if they're wearing a tunic it's 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 a picture of this that a tunic would actually be would be hemmed up and they're getting ready for battle or to take off on a run and they had a a belt if you will and they would pull the tunic up and then they would tie the belt around it and the reason they pulled their tunic up is because it wouldn't restrict their legs if they took off running they were prepared and so when they got ready for battle what would they do they would take their tunics they would pull them up and then they would tie them up so there was no restriction um, in their ability to move um, and they were prepared for battle in this way. And what, the, what Peter's getting at here, using this word, it really means that our minds are able to be um, without delay. They're, they're, they're take, it means to take up the slack, if you will. So if you rope or anything and you know about pulling your slack when you actually rope something, um, this is what we're doing. We're pulling up the slack of our mind. Um, girding it up means to have it ready, have it prepared, and... Um, not be uh, hindered or hampered. It's ready to, to do the work it needs to do. In other words, we can have lazy minds. That's the opposite of what Peter's getting at here. Um, and we know that our mind, we got to be careful with our mind because our minds can, can wander. But we need to be men who have the, the, the loins of our mind girded up. I mean, it's ready, it's prepared, it's on point, it's not hampered or hindered. It's, it's ready for action, and we need to be those kinds of men who operate and think within their minds ready for action, and we're not lazy in our thought process, we're not lazy in our thinking, and we're going to learn more about that as we move through that. So to gird up the loins of our mind, we're going to have them hemmed up, we're going to have it ready for the moment that we need it, it's ready, it's, 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 it's ready, time for battle, time for action, and the mind is prepared for that. Um, the next word that we see here is, as he's reading this, to gird up the loins of your mind, he says, be sober. And, and when we're looking at the mind here, obviously, we know our mind is the area. We want to have critically thinking minds. We want to be able to have critical thinking. And you know that there is a war against anyone who thinks critically today. The way that our society is moving, they want you to just go along with the flow. Just do as you're told. Don't think critically. Just do what you're told. Let us do the thinking for you, and you respond by obedience. There's nothing more dangerous in a society and a culture than for people who just listen to their government and those in power tell them what they are to do, and they simply do it without first 
thinking critically through the nature of what has been presented. And so this word here, in, 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 in the use of the word mind here in the Greek, is it's our intellect, but it's, it's actually able to take an issue and to go from one side of the issue to the other side, and you're able to look at it all, and you're to critically think about it all, and therefore come to a conclusion through critical thinking, and then make an appropriate decision based on clear thought. Guys, you've got to be critical thinkers today. Do not just take everything that you're being sold, which is a whole bunch of propaganda, and believe it. No, we are men of God, we have great minds, and we have them ready, girded up for the moment we need it because lots is coming our way. Lots of thoughts, lots of information is being fed to us on a constant basis, and we need to process that critically to, to use our minds that God has given us with a biblical worldview, with Scripture, with the Holy Spirit in our, in our lives, and we need to critically think through those things that are being presented to us. Be a critical thinker. Don't just take what people say. Heck no, man. You go through the whole thing and look at it and make a, a proper decision. No knee-jerk reaction. You need to think through the issue. Make a, make a decision based on um, your awesome mind <laughs> that God has given you. Use what God has given you. And then to be sober is really... <laughs> what it says. You know, it's the opposite of being intoxicated, but it has more to do with our ability to make decisions mentally. And the word here is usually has to do with an intoxicated mind through alcohol. But even more so, it it has more to do with the ability just to make clear judgments. And some things that affect our ability to make clear judgments are the influences of sin like passions, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the Bible says, and the pride of life. Those elements can actually um, distort our ability to make proper decisions. And we want to have the ability to judge clearly, to make clear judgments, um, to be temperate, self-controlled, uninfluenced by those things around us, but we're making solid decisions based on clear thinking, critically evaluating the situation, and using our wits that we have. Um, it's the opposite of being irrational, to be very rational. We want to be God's gritty men are rational men, and they're using critical thinking uh, in the process of making their decisions. And that's what Peter is getting at here when he talks about girding up the loins of our mind, being sober. Um, and then he says to rest your hope, not in this world, but in what? Rest your hope fully and completely on the grace of God that is in Christ Jesus of the revelation of Christ when he comes. We're, we're waiting for our king. So the decisions we're making are based on a biblical world perspective. We are waiting on the return of our king. We are living in this kingdom, as we learned last week, but we're not of this kingdom because we've been brought and we've been what transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the glorious sun, and we are waiting for our king. We are serving our king. We are God's gritty men here, a part of his kingdom, to influence this fallen kingdom that men and women live in that are outside of the knowledge and truth of Christ. And so it's imperative that we understand our role in how we think clearly, critically, sober-minded, prepared minds. 
Don't have a lazy mind, man. Have a mind that is disciplined. And that's what we're after. We're trying to discipline our minds. And the next passage we're going to look at is the verse that we mentioned earlier today that is going to be our memory verse for this week. And you say, well, John, why is it significant for us to memorize Scripture? Because, guys, I don't always have my Bible, which it's with me most all the time, but I don't always have it on me when I need to use a Scripture at a moment in time. Or maybe I need to share that Scripture, or I need to, I need to quote that Scripture, I need to speak that Scripture, whatever it might be. I need to have it memorized. I need to be able to use it at the opportune time when I need it. I need to be able to pull that up and be able to use that. In, in, in its, in there's power in the Word because the Word of God is truth. And so we need these things. And what we're doing is we're memorizing truth because truth is so needed in our life. It's imperative that we understand that. So in Romans chapter 12, Paul the Apostle speaking here in verses 1-2, it says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper worship. And then in verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. What we need as men is to understand the will of God in our lives. We want to know God's plan, God's will, God's desires, because the truth of God is is, is what brings about life in, the, in, in a believer as he lives this truth out. It protects us. It, it, it is beneficial for so many things in our life. And we need it. We must have it, guys, in this fallen, dark world. The first thing we see here as we come to this passage, Paul says, don't be conformed. And that's what's really going on, guys. Um, the media out there, um, it is... It is trying to conform you into a thought process or a a way of thinking. You're trying. There's there's confirmation conforming that's going on all the time, and it is being molded and it is being um, um, pressed into a certain uh, acceptable way of thinking, and it's so 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 prevalent in our time. They do not like you to think critically or outside the bounds of what they call right and correct. And anyone who does, you're a problem. You're not the problem. You're the solution. And we are here to keep this, 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 this element of logical, processing truth in a world that is living in all kinds of deception. And you as men of God have to understand that you have to keep this and protect this for your family and for yourself, and for those you love and care about, and, and those that you may shepherd if you're a pastor watching this, or those that work under you, or those that have influence, that you have influence over. And so it's important that we get this. We're not going to be conformed to what pattern? We are conformed to the pattern of God, but not to the pattern of the world. This is so important. And every day you're being pressed into a mold. And we are not. And what this does, this thinking, though, as we've read in Proverbs it does something. It produces an outcome. And so the world is trying to push you, Satan is, through all of the things that are going on. He's trying to conform you into a way of thinking that affects your character. It affects the way in which you live, either with or without character, or with or without integrity. And so it affects 
our very character. And this is why we have to know that we do not be conformed to the pattern of this fallen world. And it's being shoved at you uh, in, in incredible ways today. Never before in history has it ever been like this. So this mind control that we have to have as men of God, gritty men of God, have strong, sharp, short-up minds, able to be ready to make logical, critical evaluations of all situations that are going on in our life. Because the world is trying to conform you to a certain way of thinking that will affect your character and the way that you live your life. But the word of God and the truth of God is also being used to what? Renew our minds to a proper and right way of thinking. So we're not moronic and depraved in the way that the world is outside of Christ. That's why their thinking is twisted and degenerate. It's because of all of this. They're being conformed into this image. And when they're conformed into this way of thinking, they live out what they believe and what they think. Because what? Just like we read earlier, as the mind thinks, so you are. And that's what we see to be the truth of going on in our world today. And so Paul says, don't be conformed to the world and its pattern, but be transformed. The word transformed here actually means to change our outward character and action from the change of regeneration of the nature of the person. And so we're to be transformed. There's a transformation that's going on. And the word of God is doing this. It's like a renovation. Um, and, and, and the word of God constantly renovates our mind from being conformed to all the garbage of the world. The word of God washes us and purifies our minds and helps us to think correctly. We got to think right. And so it's important that we understand what the Word of God is up to in the relation to how it affects our mind and the way that we think, because we want to think truthfully. And the only way we know that is, is through the Word of God. That is absolute truth. If there is no absolute truth, then all of this means nothing. But we know that there is. And God has absolute truth. And there's absolutes even in uh, creation itself. We know that to be the, the truth. And so this renovation process is the renewal not only of our mind, but it affects our heart and the way that we live out our life. Um, and it's a comprehension um, of God's will and desire. We want to know and be able to comprehend what God's will is. And the way that we do that is by the renewing of our mind, because the will of God is given to us in Scripture. And for us to know and understand how God wants us to live, what is His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. You can't go wrong when you're walking according to the Word of God because we're being told and taught and demonstrated and shown what His good will is, what His pleasing will is, and what His perfect will is. And we want to be God's men who have this way of thinking because we want to know the will of God. And the way that we know the will of God is through the Word of God because He's given us His truth in revelation for us so we know what God's plan is, what His will is, what His purpose is. And it's important for us to apply these things to our life. So the next thing we're going to look at in regards uh, to this is um, out of 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. And so it looks like we're doing good on time here. The Apostle Paul here writing to the church at Corinth in his second letter, or actually third, more than likely we have two though. Listen to what Paul says to them in relation to this in verses 3 through 5 in chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians. 
For though we live in the world, guys, obviously we live in the world, but we're not of it. Paul says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with, and we do fight, and we are in a war, but our weaponry is different because we are in a spiritual war. Now, if we could just put up our fists and fight or, or you know, use uh, what's common today for warfare, then we would. But what we've been given are the elements of warfare in weaponry that fights a spiritual battle with a spiritual kingdom manifested in the physical realm. And Paul says this, the weapons that we fight with, don't kid yourself, you're in a great battle. <laughs> it's real. They are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Now, I don't care how incredible our weaponry is within our military might. It doesn't have divine power. It has power. It may have destructive power. It, it, it has incredible, immense effectiveness and power, but it's limited. The weapons we have, though, that we've been given in Christ Jesus to fight this battle, this spiritual warfare that you are in, Christian man. You gritty men of God, you are in a battle, an epic war. It's real, and you're in it every day of your life, and we are fighting this battle. But we don't fight it without proper weaponry to fight this battle. Paul says that our weaponry that we've been given has divine this is outside of human capability this is this is supernatural power this is the weaponry we have the divine power to demolish strongholds now it's interesting that paul is using um, examples of what we would say in the physical world of strongholds, you know, like those people that would come and they would they would build a stronghold in an area and they would take control of that area and they would fight from that and fight for it and defend it. Paul's using these analogies to help us understand, but what he's saying is we're not going to uh, attack that in the same manner, but he's using allegory to help us understand here metaphorically also what's going on here. We're looking at a real battle, and Paul says, we're going to have to, to, do, to, to really think about this stronghold thing because it's real for us as Christian men. And the enemy is all about gaining strongholds in our life. He can't have us because we are in Christ Jesus. We have been indwelt by the Spirit of God, sealed by the Holy Spirit. When? When you heard the gospel of your salvation and believed you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who's a deposit that what guarantees your inheritance. So he can, he can rob us of our testimony. He can rob us of our joy. He can affect our families. He can, he can affect all kinds of aspects of our lives if we let him. And one element that he loves to, to, um, to possess within the life of a believer is to get in through the mind and he will gain access to the mind and he will build a stronghold in our mind. Because as we think, so we are. 
And the mind is where everything starts. You think it long before you do it. And even though the actions of our hands, it's already been a thought process sent through nerve impulses. And then therefore, what? My body responds. But I'm, I'm going much deeper in what we're talking about here. These are thought processes that can work themselves out and bring about destruction in our lives. And it, it may take time for it to conceive, but once it gives birth, then it now is given its way. And Paul says here, the enemy is about putting and building and gaining access of a stronghold in our minds, in the way that we think, in the way that we process. Um, and so this is important. Paul moves on and says this, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish, here they are, arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against, and this is the war, what? The knowledge of God. And we take captive. Guys, this is our work. This is not passive. This is active. You have to be thinking about this. You have a role in this. This is your duty. This is your job. This is, this is critical for you as a godly man to live God's way for God's glory. You have to do this. And we have so much information coming at us, much of it that is not godly, nor is it right in its thinking. And if we're not careful, we can allow the enemy through what is coming in our eye gate, in our ear gate, to what? To, to develop and build a stronghold of wrong thinking, um, of improper thought, and it will gain access and a stronghold in our mind. And what we have to do, Paul says, is we have to use what God has given us, which is his word, which is divine, it is powerful, which is why we're memorizing all these, because we're putting the word of God in us. And where it's useful for these things because these things are going to come against the knowledge of God, creating doubt, uh, creating a wrong way of thinking, proper uh, or improper doctrine, improper theology, the worldview that is so absolutely debased and void of truth. All of this is coming at us constantly. And we must be able to use what God has given us in order that our weapons that we have they are divine, they are powerful, and they are useful for us today, this very moment. They are useful that we would tear down every pretense that sets itself up against God, and they are absolutely everywhere. And you are going to receive many of those thoughts and pretenses that set itself up against God today, whether it's through music, through media, of any sort, form, and fashion, through thoughts, those are all a reality that you as a man of God are going to face and encounter today, this day, this moment, you're going to have this. Some of you have got strongholds that have been, that have built up in your mind, the enemy has, and it's not true. Maybe a way that you think about yourself. It's not true because that's why we want the word of God, because the word of God tells us what's true, even about what God thinks about us or what God has done in and through Christ for us. And who we are in Christ and how we're to live and, and what is pleasing to God. Remember, his perfect, pleasing, and amazing, perfect will. We want to know these things. And some of you, because of what maybe you've experienced or what you've gone through or what you've been told or taught as a child, whatever, um, the enemy has built up strongholds in your mind that are not true. That's why we need the truth of God's word to wash over that. And it will what? Renew our mind. We want minds that are renewed. We have to do this continually. This isn't like, I'm going to do it today, and then, you know, six months down the road, let's do another renewal, like taking my truck in and getting it washed, you know, in the car wash. 
you know, once every, what, three or four months. No, that's not what this is. Our minds literally are like going through um, a, uh, a mud bath every single day. Like if you took your truck or your ATV or whatever, and you went down and you were just going through mud and all kinds of stuff, that's what our minds uh, have coming at them every single day. That's why you need the Word of God and the discipline of 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 this this spiritual discipline in your life. Because if you're not careful, you'll see this begin to happen. You begin to fade, and it's affecting your mind. And your mind is not only being affected, but it's being infected, and you're not thinking properly anymore. And I've been seeing this a lot, guys. This is the thing that really concerns me as a pastor, and I'm seeing this a lot. But just as a God's man, even set a pastor aside. We know that these days are going to be so deceptive. And that's what Jesus defined these last days as being. Now, I don't know when Christ is coming. No one does. But I know we're living in the latter part of the last days. That's not even an argument. It's happening so quickly. And there's so much coming at us at incredible rates and speed that it's very difficult for us to even balance this stuff out. But what we know is deception is going to be so rampant. Um, and what I'm seeing happen, and, and I mean, many other people are seeing this. And guys, I'd love to hear from you. I want to know, are you seeing these very same things? I'm seeing people that I have known for decades who I know know Christ. But something is happening in the way that they are thinking, and their thinking is affecting the way they're living. How do you... How do you um, how else do you see all of the things that are happening in the church? This wokeism, unbelievable stuff, man. It's, it's so clear in Scripture, but we have churches now and all these, and then teaching now that is so anti-God in so many of its ways. It's just become so influenced by the world and the Word of God is not being what is held as the standard. Guys, for us as Christian men, our standard is the word of God. We raise the standard up. We will hold on to this standard. And we don't make the word of God succumb and to 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 um to fall in line with our thinking. No, we come under the word of God and we allow our minds to be conformed and to be renewed to the ways of God. We are being affected by the word of God. The weight of the word of God, the truth of the word of God. It translates into how we think and live out our life. But that's not the only thing that's coming our way. It's all this other stuff with all of its influences. And you're seeing this happen all around you with people that I know have called out Christ and claim to be in Christ, but I'm watching this, this fade and this slide from truth. And what the Bible calls this is apostasy. It is leaving truth, falling from truth, sliding away from truth. Guys, I don't want you to be that person. That's why we're having this podcast. Um, we could do a whole lot of goofy things, which I see a lot of guys doing in their podcast, um, some of them, and their, their Christian podcast, but they're doing all these crazy things. I mean, you know, I, I want to teach you the Word of God because we're here to equip, inspire, and to encourage you. And the days are late, man. It's not time to play around here. This is the purpose of the time that I'm spending here with you is is the equipping and the inspiring and the encouraging, but it's the word of God is the foundation of what we're doing. And this will this is so important for us to get. And so we want to have the mind of Christ, but the word stronghold here, by definition, is a fortress. The enemy comes and sets up a fortress or a stronghold in the way that we think. 
And I mean, I'm talking to Christians out here, and I the way they're thinking is bonkers, man. I'm like, where in the world are you getting that? How do you see that? This doesn't even line up anywhere near Scripture, but it's a stronghold. It's an improper way of thinking, and it's happening all around us, and it's very frustrating. So we need to ask God to help us have proper ways of thinking. And when you, when you study the Bible, you'll find this to be incredible how this works. It will address why. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. This is one of our verses, 2 Timothy 2, uh, 2 Timothy uh, 2, um, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. I believe that's correct. <laughs> anyway, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. For what? Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. The man of God will be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's the Word of God that is inspired. It is God breathe? And so, um, 2 Timothy yeah, 3, 16 through 17. There we go. And so we see the Word of God is the answer to this. And what's going to happen for you and why it's critical that you get this, for our minds to be right, the spiritual discipline also has to be right because it affects our minds, and it affects the way in which we live. So we have to be studying the Word of God. We need to be washed by the Word of God in order for our minds to be renewed. There's no other way for your mind to be renewed from this sick, debased, fallen culture and world that is conforming you constantly, trying to conform you to its image of thought and understanding to change the way in which you think and live. And so guys, we must realize what is happening and the word of God is the only solution for this. It cleanses. It is truth. And when it comes up against a falsehood in your mind, the word of God stands in direct opposition to those things that are not true. And when it does, we take captive those thoughts and we hold them and make them accountable to what? To God's word. And if it doesn't line up to God's word, what do we do? We cast them out. We reject it. So what's going on in your mind as you're studying the word of God is, as you're taking in the truth of the word of God, it is coming into your mind and it is addressing on a daily basis those things that have tried to set up as strongholds in your mind and what it's doing is it comes in direct opposition as truth to a lie and what it's doing is is it's showing you in your mind those things that are not right and those strongholds that the enemy's trying to get a root and hold here and and be able to set up a fortress and we have weapons the word of god it's divine it's living it's active it's alive and it has power to do something that nothing else can do and is to tear down these strongholds of lies that the enemy has brought into our minds through the world and social media and songs and music and movies and all of the things going on around us and the influences of what people tell us and what they say. Listen, the word of God is powerful. It is living and it's active and it's used to what? To wash our minds and to what? Renew them. And this word here, is um, that we're going to look at is this power that we've been given is to tear down. It, it literally means to forcibly yank down and destroy, leaving nothing. Um, what a powerful example of what the Word of God is capable of doing in your life and in my life. And what it's going to tear down are arguments and pretenses 
that have come and set themselves up against the truth of God. This is no shock for a Christian man, for God's gritty men. Why? This is what Satan has done all the way back in Genesis, the very beginning. Well, did God? God surely didn't say this, did he? They made Adam and Eve for the first time question what God had said. Well, is that right? Is that real? That doesn't seem right. Would God do that? And you see, it's that, you don't see, that's the first question we really see happen in Scripture. And who brought it in there? Satan did. Well, God didn't surely mean, oh, fact, God really knows this, that if you do this, you'll be like him. You'll know good from evil. God's holding out on you, man. God's trying to keep you from knowing something to keep you under his thumb. Nope, that's not true. That's a lie from the pit of hell. But he's using the same things in your life today. And you're seeing this in the church. And the church is compromising to these things because they're not holding the standard of God where it should be at the pinnacle of our whole worldview and how we believe and think. And we need to use that in our life, guys. If you're going to stay on track, if you're not going to be one of those who apostatizes in this day, you're going to have to be renewing your mind on a daily basis. And that's why I'm trying to help you guys remember Scripture so that you can bring this to mind. And every day you're going to wash it. We do this with our bodies, man. You go to the gym, you work out, you go ruck or whatever you're doing, you worked all day. You don't just sit around at night stinking. No, what do you do? You go get in the shower and clean up because your wife says, dude, you smell, man. Go get cleaned up, right? No, we automatically want to do that anyway. We go get a hot shower, we clean up, we wash the outside of our body, but oftentimes we leave the filth in the most important place, in the mind. And that's why we have to use the Word of God to cleanse that and to wash that. And these arguments and pretenses, and man, this is so huge. It is literally these arguments, and they're against, they set themselves up against God. And it's against the things of God. And we see that the society is doing this in every turn. We're, we're being bombarded with these lies, and they're coming against the truth of God's Word. Because men hate truth. Most ungodly men don't like truth. They don't like the truth of God's word, which is truth. But we are God's men, man. We're God's gritty men, and we love the truth. In fact, the Bible says that God will send them a strong delusion, those who did not have love of the truth. And they're going to be led astray. God sends them that delusion in the last days. We are going to be men that know the word of God. And we're not going to be taken. We're not going to be taken captive here in our minds. Now, this word here, speaking of uh, this knowledge, it is um, knowledge that is gained. Um, let me find it here. By personal um, experience, so the knowledge uh, that we have, we've gained this by personal experience. I've had people say, "Well, John." How can you believe in God? I mean, you can't see God. No, actually, if you go to creation, we already learned two incredible aspects about God. Number was one, his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature are clearly seen and understood by what God has created. So hear me, all men are without excuse. You can look at creation and you know that it didn't just happen from some flagrant chance. Chaos didn't bring this to order. A God, the God, the all-sovereign God of all creation, through incredible, perfect genius, He is the one who created 
all this when there was nothing. It's incredible. And see, society tells you just the opposite. You got these guys that are great influencers on YouTube, and, and they have a worldly view. So be careful to what you listen to. Um, you can gain some things from them, but if they're not Christians, they don't have this worldview. They don't think this way. They don't even have the right thinking. They don't have it. It's impossible for them to have it. And so we have a knowledge of God not based on just sheer absence of faith. No, I have faith, yes, but I have experienced this. This is truth. If you're in Christ, you have experienced Christ. He has been revealed to you. I mean, I, I can tell you a lot of stories about the factual things that I've experienced about God. This is not just blind faith. This is experiential faith and knowledge. It's real, and no one can take that from you. They can mock God. They can mock all these things. Listen, they're ignorant to the truth. We are God's men, though. We've experienced this by firsthand knowledge through experience. It's not void of that. It's true. It's real. We are to what? Take down these antichrist thoughts. Take them captive. We have a role in this. We have gates. We are the gatekeeper of our mind. Don't ever forget this. You're the gatekeeper. Now, when we sort cattle, for example, and we've got an alleyway, and we might have a three-way split that we're going to sort these cattle, right? So we have a guy, he's, he's peeling them off, and, and maybe you're, on, you're, on the, you're the gate man. So you have, you have, you have a, t- a couple different pins you're keeping certain cattle, and maybe it's going to be calves cut over here, cows over here, or by, or something's going to pass by. And you're standing there, and you're the gate man. And it's my responsibility, if I'm running the gate, that I'm going to be the one that makes sure that what's coming to it down the alley gets to the right gate and to the right pen. That's really what we're doing. We're allowing the Word of God to, to come up against these thoughts, and then I'm the gatekeeper. I don't leave the gate closed when it's in opposition to God's truth. No, I don't. That dude goes out the sort pen. It goes out to the kill pen. <laughs> it's gone. Get rid of it. Let it go. It's not true. Let it go. And so we are the gatekeepers, and the Word of God is what dictates what gets kept and what goes. And so it's simple. The Word of God, the truth of God, is washing over in our mind. We see these strongholds come in, and it can start today. A thought process comes in. You're, being, you're taught something. You see something. Something comes into your mind. It's coming in all the time. And what are we doing? The Word of God comes in opposition to those things that are not true. And what do we do as the gatekeeper? We don't sit there and ponder on them and think on them. No, because we know the Word of God is the standard. So what do we do? We open the cull gate, and out it goes, and we take it captive and kick it out and say that is not allowed to be a part of the way in which I will think about any of these things, and I control that in my mind. That's my responsibility. God's given us the divine power through the Word of God to yank these things down through the Word of God and through truth. It's our responsibility to know that we have the responsibility to turn those things out. So don't, don't think on those things um, and, and let them go. Get rid of them. It's not true. That's a lie. Scripture says this. This is what God says. And you'll be able to navigate through the way in which you think and process, make critical thinking decisions based on what? self-control, knowledge in the Word of God. You're able to do it in a way that sees one side of the issue to the other. You can make a critical, proper decision knowing God's good, perfect, and pleasing will. How do we know that? Through the Word of God. We are men of the Word of God. That's what we are. And so 
The next thing is, as we talked about this, and I've kind of mentioned it, is the word Paul says, every thought, we are to make it obedient. Obedient. In other words, I don't let my thought control me. See, that's what a lot of males do. They let their thoughts dictate what they do. No, 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 no. You have authority and you have been given God's word and it is a command that we would take captive every thought. So in other words, we have authority over our thoughts. Our thoughts do not have control and authority over us. But an, a, 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 uh, a very immature man or an immature male, he's driven more by his thoughts and they control him instead of him controlling his thoughts. Because it doesn't, that, it, it, those things, we have to override that. And we are able to do that. And we're able to make a conscious, right, good decision. And we're able to tell that thought mentally, I'm not allowing you here. So if you're struggling with some things, let's say you're struggling with pornography or whatever it might be. Listen, you take captive and control. You take control. That's what gritty men do. They sharpen their minds, man. That's why we're working hard on our bodies. You know what? I don't feel like working out every day. If I'm going to try to get in a 30, 40 mile set for rucks for the week, I've got to do it when I have time. And my body, it doesn't want to do that. But you know what? I don't care what my body wants to do. I am the one who has authority over my body. And I, I'm going to make it do what I want it to do because it's weak. It, it wants comfort. Um, it will take the, the, the path of least resistance every single time because that's the way of our flesh. That is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It wants that stuff gratifying itself, what it may... Nope, not doing that. And when it comes to our thoughts, we have authority. And we have the Word of God, which comes against those things that are not true. And we allow the Word of God to dictate to us truth, those things that we accept and we keep, and those things that are anti-Christ, anti-God, and those are things of the world, we then are the gatekeeper. And when God says that thought goes, that thought goes, and what determines that is the truth of the Word of God. And so we, this, is, this is not that, it's discipline, guys, that's all it is. It's disciplining our minds. And we want to make it obedient to who? Christ because we want the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ, the Bible says. That is every thought, argument, belief. This is important. Must be brought unto submission to our head, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And those that are not conforming us into Christ's likeness, and those that are not lining up with the truth of God's word, whether it's popular, whether it's culturally relevant, whether, whether it's acceptable, I don't care. Our standard is not culture. Our standard is not the opinions of men. Our standard is not what's acceptable within our society. Our standard is God's men is what, guys? It is the word of God, period. That is our standard period. There is no other standard. And that all of those things that do not conform to the word of God and are not conforming us into Christ's likeness, 
What do we do with those things? They're all from the enemy. Every aspect, it's, it's all from the enemy, and they must be taken captive and discarded through the sort gate. You cut it out. So guys, you are the gatekeeper of your mind. And we have been given all this. Now, I've been going here. It's 53 minutes. It's about time to wrap this up. I would love to hear from some of you guys. Um, these, are, these are biblical truths that will help you immensely in your life. And I know that it's a struggle. I understand that. It is because we have so much coming at us. That's why I say over and over and over again, Read and study the Word of God. We have it. It's the greatest gift that God has given to us outside of our salvation. It is the revelation of God to us. And it is truth. And it will help you navigate what it means to be God's man, living God's way for God's glory. And we must have this today, guys, because there's a lot resting on our shoulders today when it comes to our marriages let me tell you something. Satan hates your marriage, man. He wants to destroy your marriage. And some of you listening right now, you've already left in your mind because Satan has deceived you and lied to you about this beautiful, incredible spouse that God has given to you, that you have fa you've made a covenant with, that, that he has lied to you and he has made you believe something that is not true. And you need to take all that captive and discard it because it's not the truth of the word of God. God's truth is what determines what you keep and what you exit. Some of you fathers out there, man, you've bought into the lie of, of this whole um, American dream. Well, it's a dream, all right. The question is, what kind of dream is it? It's all man-made. No, your kids need you. That daughter you have, she needs you in your, her life. You're the most important relationship in her life because you will affirm her of, of being who she is in Christ, how incredible she is. Your daughter won't go look for affirmation from other men if you affirm your daughter the way God intended for you to do that as God's man living God's way for his glory in this time. Your sons, they need you, man. They're watching you. You are the representative of what it means to be a godly man. And yes, we do it imperfectly, but God will use these things in your life. Even your failures, God will use when you learn to repent of those things. Let me tell you this one thing and we're going to close. People talk about forgiveness all the time. Forgiveness is important. But repentance is different than forgiveness. See, someone who has wronged you, are, they're never forgiven unless they repent. God doesn't forgive us if we don't repent. I mean, think about that. We repent... It's a way of changing the way we think. It is actually even brokenness over our sin. And so we forgive others even if they don't repent because it benefits us. But if you have wronged your wife or your kids or you've done it and you screwed it up or whatever it is, repent of that. Change the way you think, number one, and go to them and say, listen, I am sorry. I, I, I was wrong. I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. And God will even use those mistakes in your life to also teach your children, teach your wife. You'll all learn these things. I don't know why I said that, but anyway, I'm just thinking about some of these things. But listen, take captive these thoughts in your mind. Hold them accountable. God's word is the, what we hold it up to. And everything comes under the authority of the scriptures and the word of God. Everything does.
And if it is not of God, you're the gatekeeper, man. Kick it out of there and get rid of it in order that you can know God's good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for your life. God bless you guys. Thank you for taking time to spend a few moments with me here on the Gritty Men podcast. Listen, discipline your, yourself spiritually, discipline your mind, and discipline your body physically. All three of them are necessary, and they're very important. God bless you guys. Stay gritty. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.